Welcome to another episode of the Digital Comms. Digital Com number 38. It I is. I do believe. 38, the big 38, which is like 30 years less than how old you are right now today. <laughs> <laughs> I so think we might good. need to talk about your maths. I think the uh, podcast, you're me. twice as old as the podcast I'm right twice now. Twice as old as the podcast. Oh, that good. would make me six, 74. No, oh, 76. You see, now I'm showing my maths. Yeah, you're close <laughs> just, enough. Just remember, however old I am, you're a couple of years older, aren't you? Am I? Nah, I think so. I don't think so. <laughs> I don't think that's how, that's not how the math works. <laughs> So happy birthday anyway. Well, Might thank well you. Say happy birthday in front of the whole of the community. There you go. Happy birthday. Naomi's is uh, dust today. She turns her <laughs> dust. Um, but it's all good, you know. Or or as you like to say, as you were trying to tell me earlier to take the sting out of being so old that you moved into wise woman. Well, indeed, indeed. In our last recording, I was referencing the Goddesses book by Jean, and I can't remember, is it Shinoda Bolan? Bolan? And she was saying that in some Native American traditions, a woman doesn't move into essentially the wise womanhood until she is 52. And I am now the ripe, old, young, wise age of 52. I'm feeling it today as well because I seem to have trapped some kind of nerve in my arm, which is actually kind of quite disconcerting because I can't quite pick up things like my kettle and stuff. And that doesn't normally happen to me. So clearly, mm-hmm. wise woman and just, just dust. like that stuff starts yeah. falling apart. That's what I'm saying. Dust, it just starts <laughs> falling apart. Exactly. All right. So awesome. Um, what are we, where are we starting today? So you had a birthday. So that's a Good thing. Um, it's been a Indeed. busy week as always. Yeah, what uh, have you been up to? I've been doing all sorts of stuff. Um, I've been in the cultural competence kind of space and equity, uh, diversity and inclusion or equality, um, diversity and inclusion. Um, I was doing the podcast earlier today with some getting the sort of foreign nationals experience of coming to the UK. Um, yeah, you name it, I've been into it. That's really interesting. And Where will your... Oh, making, sorry, go on. <laughs> you breathed, you took making, a breath. I did I take a in. breath, yeah. And uh, I'm, I am facilitating, delivering, entertaining, well... Now that I'm saying it, I'm actually entertaining a, a crowd of hundreds tomorrow night, DJing live no. um, for Beer and Bubbly Festival. And I will be playing probably almost exclusively the Digital Calm soundtracks because that's the kind of music that they want. So, Oh my gosh. That's good. And um, I would have said I'd come along if you'd have known about it, but unfortunately I'm hosting book club, so I can't tomorrow night. But that would have been amazing. Yeah, so that'll be cool. And then oh, gosh. Monday I'm doing a big uh, conference for 300 some odd people um, ah. and taking them on a journey of about, uh, what's that journey? The journey more is about exceptional place to work, I think, is that that journey. So uh, lots going on. And mm. last thing, sometime between now and Thursday morning, I got to write an entire program 
um, to be delivered, well, to be delivered on Thursday morning. <laughs> so this Thursday to... morning? Yeah. Th- this is this th- one of those last minute where someone pulls you in and goes, hey, we need you. And you go, yes, I can do that. And then go, no, oh my it wasn't, gosh. It wasn't quite like that. Um, it's just that, well, now I think I'm in the midst of the first module now. So it's been heavy delivery on that. So of course you don't necessarily have time to do um design while you're in the middle of delivery but now mm-hmm. now the date is upon me <laughs> so um yeah anyway so that's going to happen between t- tonight and tomorrow morning because i'm delivering all day tonight tomorrow, tomorrow morning gosh of course so yeah. am i allowed to ask what 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 are we delivering here what's the design for uh, well it's all around the cultural competent leader um, nice yeah, so yeah, so yeah, um the stuff I gotta get prepared for Thursday is around psychological safety and uh bias, um that kind of stuff. So mm. yeah. Except oh, the conversation cool. we were having prior to uh hitting the record button. Yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah. All right, so what are, what's our conversation? What's the topic tonight? So Episode 38 is about self-talk. Now, this kind of picks up, I mean, to be fair, this is a theme that runs through the self-development world. Um, So it really almost doesn't matter what you do. It's about understanding how you talk to yourself and how you essentially support yourself or do the complete opposite. Um, We kind of came about the topic specifically for for tonight's recording uh when we recorded episode 36 which was all about identity and as you know obviously what we find is as we're having the conversations then naturally we will go in one direction or another and other areas of interest unfold that are related and self-talk came out of that Kind of, but yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, no, no, I like your version of the story. We'll, we'll run with your version of the story. Okay. So yeah. that's interesting. And and there you go. So self-talk <laughs> yeah, no, is we'll, different we'll run... depending on who's doing the self-talk. No, yeah, exactly. I don't know what conversation you were having, but yeah, that's, uh, that's a different version of the story that I have. But it's a good one, so it'll work. Um, okay. Yeah, so, yes. (laughs) And that's why we work so well together, because we do have completely different ideas about things in the same world, although not always. (laughs) Yeah. I was, um, I think it was, well, it was a few weeks ago. um, And I guess they're all interrelated. I mean, I was starting to get into this idea about um, finding, you know, we talked in the, in the, last episode about backing your way into identity by the things that you do um but i was doing some stuff with um sort of mindset and kind of came i came across a book called so what self-talk and then i've got another one it was it was neuroscience that like actually kind of backed me into the whole sort of self-talk but i ah, know that's where it was it was from remember that video i i shared with you um uh, impact theory and he was interviewing um oh, I, yeah yeah yes, and then i, I did do. a video on it and then i posted it online on self-talk mm. and, but it came out of watching that interview and the stuff that uh this neuroscientist was 
um, this kind of stuff they were experimenting with, the kind of conversation, you know, how he was talking about the brain and how the brain organizes itself. And um, the whole sort of self-talk is a huge part of um, the neuroplasticity. Yeah, it's and it's one of these things that I think it's been around for a while in the sort of self help industry, but now um, neuroscience is giving it the science aspect of it and validating um, a lot of the power of soft. I mean, because you can go all the way back to Norman Vincent Peale and folks like that, you know, think and uh, the dude that did the uh, was it Allen uh, think. As a man, as you thinketh, you know those kind of characters, and um, so the whole idea of self-talk and um, has been around for a long time. And of course, as long as we've had thinking brains, we've had self-talk happening inside them. But now, I think with neuroscience, is starting to validate um, a lot of the the claims or bringing the science to that whole um, area of development, personal development, and and just mastery of mind, I guess, in that sense. Interesting. So what I'm finding is, because obviously I write lots of notes so that I can try and write some reasonable show notes afterwards, because of this nerve in my arm, it's quite hard for me to write the way I normally do, which is interesting. Uh, But also, I now see that you were developing this conversation in very much one direction, and I've gone off very much in another. So this could be interesting. I mean, I'm sure they've probably not gone off in probably the same direction. No, but um, I don't. I don't recognise so all the things you've mentioned, other than the video, which I vaguely remember because it was probably about three weeks ago that you sent it. Yeah. Um, so I've never heard of Norman Vincent Peale or Alan or. I'm sure you've had. You can't have been in personal development and not heard of, um, as you think is. I mean, it's like every book that's written on self help has come from from that book <laughs> well maybe so. <laughs> that reveals kind of the flaw a bit like anything to do with productivity in my world comes from Stephen Covey um but that's not always the case it's just that I came to Stephen Covey first and then so yeah kind but of I mean people. I mean it's I, mean, I don't know it was it, well you're right I guess you can do but it's like it's yeah it's almost hard to fathom that you haven't mm. come across as a man thinketh but um, and again, I I may have done, but not moan that yeah. I did, which is quite often the way. Yes. So, I mean, it's a thin book, uh, as a man thinketh, and it, and it is the whole concept of, you know, the thing that, you know, what you think about is the thing that you become uh, and being mindful of, again, how you use your thoughts and what you, what you sort of focus your mind on. So this book was published in 1903 so i mean it's old and lots yeah i mean it would be older than my great grand my grandpa if he was still alive yeah um and you know but not by much it's one of those ones that's i don't think people well i guess some people do quote it but a lot of you know things that you pull out of it um yeah (laughs) Yes, indeed. Um, yes. So, in terms of self-talk, so that's that was kind of where I was coming from in the um, 
in the sort of self-talk aspect. Oh, and Norman Vincent Peale is, you know, his is even, um, yeah, again, he's one of these dudes from <laughs> a ancient ago as well. So his thing was the power of positive thinking, um, if you've ever come across that book. But two, I mean, yeah, if you wanted to, if you didn't want to read any more uh, self-help books ever if you want to go to the source. So if you read The Power of Positive Thinking by Norman Vincent Peale, uh, if you read As a Man Thinketh, and then read How to Win Friends and, and influence, influence people, people by Dale Carnegie. Yeah, so if you read those three, mm-hmm. you'd sort it. Um, those would be the seminal texts. <laughs> well, they would. Now, actually, that's interesting because you started off talking, obviously, about what you're doing at the moment, which is very much around essentially how we look at the cultures um, that we have developed endemically and how we're changing those and becoming more conscious of the culture in which we work um, and live. And actually, I think I remember re-listening to How to Win Friends and Influence People maybe sometime in the past 10 years. And actually, I had to turn it off in the end because it was so of its time and not in a good way. So it just really made me, and, and I don't often have that issue. I can hear something and I can just go, well, I know that's when it was. Um, but it, it, yeah, I kind of hesitate to, to label it. So there is absolutely some really, really useful information and tips in there. But normally I would be encouraging my boys to listen to a lot of the self-help stuff or to, to dive into it but I can't bring myself to recommend that to them because I don't think they've got the maturity to disassociate the, yeah. exactly, different, differentiate, better word. Um, yeah. Mm. And and if we want to go all the way back. <laughs> to I want the, to say Napoleon oh, Hill. It's not relevant, no. but I'm just going to throw it in. <laughs> but he is, but I'm going, I'm going OG, King James Version, book, pro, book of Proverbs, <laughs> chapter 23, verse 7, as a man thinketh. In his heart, so is he. And there you go. That's that's the OG passage for. You may need uh, to send me that link. But there um, you go, you see. And that is such a great, I'm sorry, I'm obviously a little bit wired but tired tonight. Um, But everything, everything but everything has, it comes from somewhere. There is nothing that is is completely brand new and fresh. Nothing new um, under the sun, Joe. Exactly. Oh, there you go. To us. <laughs> or Ecclesiastic, was it Ecclesiastics? Um, nothing new under the sun. I couldn't tell you. Yeah, um, yeah but interesting. So um, self-talk, what is it? What is self-talk to you? What does it mean if you were defining it for someone? If they asked you, well, what the heck is this self-talk thing? So I think I would say that self-talk is the narrative that we have running in our heads. Um, I mean, there are some people who actively talk to themselves out loud. Uh, I, I suspect it's uh, an autist, an, a, a trait of autism with some people, um, but for some it's probably just a habit. But essentially self-talk is the, the narrative that's either going on silently inside of your head so silently that you don't even know you're doing it or you are conscious that you are doing it and it might be that you're not it's not your own words it might be that you're repeating words that were said to you as you were growing up um 
In fact, I've just been reading a, a book for book club for tomorrow night where there is a little girl in it and she's 10 and she's an incredibly intelligent young lady. Um, both parents are professors at the local university and she has picked up on all sorts of things. So she's incredibly interesting to talk to. But one of her teachers has taken against her because, frankly, she's too intelligent for his class. So he started to be uh, not just mocking, but actually really quite nasty and and undermining her. And in the narrative of the book, there's kind of, you know, the the words is flowing as to to the story and what she's doing and what she's imagining. And you're actually hearing her self-talk. So she's talking about, and she's the fastest runner to pass the marathon on this side and da, 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 da. And then in capitals, there are these horrible mocking words like, oh, you think you're so clever, don't you? And they're just interspersed in this narrative of, of the book. And so that to me encapsulates self-talk really uh, in, in at its finest. You don't even notice that it's there, but when it is there, it's almost like it's so loud. How could you miss it? Yeah. And I think there's various uh, levels of um, these different conversations that kind of go on in, in your head. So you've got your sort of thinking voice and you probably have several other different voices that are talking. Um, I think in its... Um, in its sort of simplest term, it's your internal mo- monologue, essentially, is what your self-talk is. Um, and it's, so it's kind of, as you said, it's the thoughts that go through your head on a daily basis. Um, and you can look at it as um, how you talk to yourself about yourself. Um, and some people do that in a positive frame, and some people do that in a negative frame. Um, and as we can explore a little bit in here um there's some different self-talk filters that we have but you know for instance a positive self-talk you might have in your head something phrases like you know i'm good my body's beautiful um i crushed it my presentation today um an example of your sort of negative self-talk would be you know along the lines of um i'm not good enough um i really need to lose five pounds or I don't do well during, you know, my, you know, I won't do well during my presentation tomorrow. So that kind of um, aspect of positive, negative. And then there's um, neutral self-talk. So stuff like, you know, I'm human. And this is probably more sort of factual base. I weigh 150 pounds. Um, I spent two hours preparing for a presentation um, that I'm doing tomorrow. So that would be an example of um, sort of neutral self-talk. But yeah, it's just internal monologue that we have going in our head um all the time and i think um the power and the point of it is being able to like you said sometimes you don't notice it but the power of it and self-mastery comes in listening to the voices um, and paying attention to um the self-talk that you do and figuring out yeah, well, yeah, how are you talking to yourself about yourself? Um, and if it's in a negative way, which has its massive effects, um, it's about how do you reroute that and turn it and use it to your um, advantage? Um, because in this whole sort of neuroplast- neuroplasticity and these thoughts that you have, they are all, they're rewiring your brain um, and they rewire your brain and then in doing that, it affects your behavior as well. So um, it's one of those things that if you, 
yeah, if you're not careful, not paying attention to it, you know, you're causing yourself perhaps <laughs> more struggle than you need to have. Absolutely. Um, go on. You'd- no, I was going to say in terms of, you know, do you, what's your default self-talk? Well, mine tends to depend on... And I'm sure actually it's probably, uh, sorry, as I was about to say that, I started to think about other people. Can you still hear me? Because everything just went completely blank at my end. Okay, brilliant. You're back. That's great. Um, So it all depends on my well-being at the time. So if I'm getting enough quality sleep, if I'm eating in a way that's helpful, uh, if I'm getting enough fresh air and exercise, you know, all the kind of the basic tenants, um, then actually my self-talk is, I would say, either neutral or probably quite positive. Um, How about this? So, and, 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 and when you are faced with something that you're not doing on remote, so a challenge comes your way or something goes wrong or um something unexpected happens cuz i think i think there's an element of you know throughout the day we're mostly in a trance and it's mostly just you know just rote thoughts that are flittering through our head and they say we have something like upwards of 70,000 thoughts going through our head on any given day. So there's a lot of noise that's kind of going on in the head, kind of like the book you just said. So there's, you know, there'll mm. be some commentary, then the, another voice will come in, then a memory will come in and you'll play that story out. So you'll be listening to a story that you've heard in the past, or you'll be imagining a story that's going to happen uh, a little bit later on. So, and I think it's in those times that um, you're in the story then. There isn't the self-talk. You're you're in the story and watching it or um or you know or when I mean, you do start to f- take on the feelings associated with the story um but when you yeah what's your what's your yeah your natural tendency in terms of something that stress something that's out of the ordinary something that's unexpected curveball so if it it really depends on where I'm at. But if it's an unexpected curveball that that is a, you know, it's something, essentially, if it's something that requires me to step up to deal with it, I will step up to deal with it, no problem. Um, and it's interesting that I threw the word in no problem there. I do mm. pick that up. Um, if it's something where, and I've had this a lot, actually, in the last six months, particularly, I haven't had enough space to myself, uh, which is a really, I mean, you know, lots of people need a variety of space. Um, I am definitely an introvert these days, and I need much more space to myself than I have been having. And so I have noticed that if it's something that's stretching me out of my comfort zone, but almost, but not massively, then actually, yeah, my my self-talk has been negative. Can I really do this? I can't manage the technology. I mean, you know how often I'm mm. calling you for help with technology. And, you know, I'm not stupid. I am capable. I look at things online, but I just don't understand the language or what it's telling me. But with these things that are almost close to my comfort zone, but just outside, it's like I kind of fall down a bit of a pit. If it's something that's actually serious, that requires me to kind of actually pull myself together, 
then I'm absolutely fine and I get on with it. It's, it's strange, but I do know that that has a, a bearing on my self-talk and my self-talk has a bearing on how I respond. Yeah, because no, I mean, there, I, I don't know if you, I'm trying to think of the lady's name right now, but um, we we're talking about uh, growth mindset and the fixed mindset. You know, some people have a natural fixed mindset, which tend to um, be more on the negative side and more see the holes in things and more see why things can't work versus why they uh, how they can work. Um, and I can look, when we play the next song, I'll look up. Look, it's look Carol up. Dweck, isn't it? Yeah, that's it. Yeah. Mm. So, yeah. So, no, um, so that's interesting. So, I would have said, and in fact, I think pretty much most people who know me and have known me for most of my life would say that I have a growth mindset. But I feel that I've almost fallen into having a fixed mindset because I kind of got so tired I was stressed for so long dealing with you know the 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 more challenging stuff in life um and it was almost like I've fallen into this fixed mindset stuff and it it was it was actually for want of a better term but it was doing my head in because it's like this is not me and you know I mean for kind of a few years I was having this internal struggle of my default is not who I am and so there's, you know, I've been doing a lot of work on that and diving a bit deeper and, you know, getting into that point where I've, I've picked myself back up again and reconnected with myself at that deeper level, which mm. is kind of like, okay, I really have no idea if this is going to work, but I'll give it a shot. Um, yeah. And so I've come back into that. The one thing I'll, I'll, I'll leave it this start and then we'll, we'll um, go into the, uh, a song and you mentioned about narratives. And I think that's an important point to reiterate again in terms of uh, the stories that we tell ourselves so narrative being a story um, and one as human beings we're storytelling animals um, that's what we mm -hmm. do on day in day in out I mean we we thrive and live and uh, I don't think we could exist without stories that's just a basic part of our DNA is storytelling um, and whether that's you talking with another human and telling stories about what you did last night and whatever and what you're going to do tomorrow and the party you're going to. So it's constant stories are going on. And um, But what a lot of people maybe don't switch on to or, or recognize necessarily is that you also have these stories with yourself. So there's loads of stories that um, we tell ourselves. Um, I have a, well, almost anything, you know, I'm this kind of person and it's because of this. Mm. And we, and the more you reinforce um, those, those stories, the more they become true, even if they don't have any basis in reality at all. Um, they then become true to you because you, you keep telling yourself the story in a different version of the same story over and over and over and over again. And I think that's one of the points I was bringing out in the in the video is that they may seem harmless, the stories, and they may seem natural. You know, even just, you know, in that several paragraphs that you just said now, there was several narratives or stories that you've probably told yourself, you know, repeatedly to the point where, you know, well, they become true, whether they're true or not. Um, in reality, but um, we'll come back and pick up on that. Oh, it's one of those nights where um, I'm 
I'm the candidate for the digital com because I forgot we were doing the party. I was so listening to that song. I almost <laughs> missed that it was over. <laughs> I wasn't even paying attention. I was too busy listening to the song. Well, that um, was funny because I was thinking, it's interesting. I, I mean, I'm obviously very conscious that I am. I feel very wired but tired. And so I can hear that in the threads of what I'm saying is maybe a little bit harder to follow. Whereas you are super you're in delivery mode actually, which is really interesting. It's rare that I see you like this. It's really curious, but absolutely perfect candidate for digital car. Yeah, tonight is is the night, definitely. So um, I ran off during that because I yeah. and I'm, I'm sorry, I know I'm interrupting you, but um because I wanted to share the book that we've read in book club. Okay, yeah. Um so it's called There But Further by Ali Smith. And it it's a really, really interesting book. And the first bit I kind of didn't get into. And when I say the first bit, we're talking probably only the first few pages. And then suddenly I kind of got hooked and I went along and it was just, and I'm now flipping over just to see if I can see quickly a, a piece of what I was saying, which of course I can't write on the thing, but. Um, so yeah, we can look for it during the next song. Okay. Actually, well, I do have one, but don't worry about it. It's yeah. it's just because I can see things really clearly in my head, but I'm not necessarily explaining them. So do let me know if that's the case. Right. So you were saying about stories and yeah, how the, they might seem harmless or natural, but they might seem hard. They may seem harmless, but they're anything but harmless. The stories that we tell ourselves, especially the ones you tell loads, <laughs> because it's become such a natural part of your dialogue that it's now becoming. If we tie this back to the episode we talked about identity it becomes your identity um, and so you know when we get to the point where we're uh, unconsciously competent at something we no longer question our thinking anymore so you know some of these stories which are holding you back from being the best version of yourself or from reaching your higher potential or from keeping you for, from pursuing certain opportunities in life um, are all stem from a basis of a narrative that you tell yourself repeatedly the, the same story um, to the fact that it becomes uh, a part and parcel of your identity. And from a personal growth point of view, stepping out of that space, start to recognize the story. And partly why, you know, I always recommend um, journaling, you know, if you start capturing some of these stories so that you can then go back and have a look at them from a third party position, you know, as an observer. Um, I think I recommended in the video, you know, get some popcorn and sit down and, and just watch the story like you would um, a Hollywood movie or how you would read a novel or what have you, you know, just watch it from that position. Um, and then, you know, pay, you know, what is the moral of the story? What's the story trying to say? How does it drive your action? How does the story make you feel? Um, and there's the story, and then you know, then the power here, when we, you know, from a neuroscience point of view, is that you can actually change that narrative. You can change memories, and and then make them more uh, empowering uh, for yourself going forward. And I'll mention um, about I, I kind of touched or hinted at it about uh, uh, this idea about you know the negative self talk, and we've got different types of it um and as i go through these and as you are listening as folks are listening uh, think about which one of these filters that you maybe use more so than the others so the first one is called filtering 
Uh, and f- an example of filtering is like when 10 good things happen to you and then one bad thing happened, you then tend to only remember the bad thing. Um, and this stems from sort of evolution. So um, back in the days, you wanted to remember the watering hole where the, you know, where your tribe mate got attacked by a lion's. Yeah, it was bad. So let's not, let's avoid that. But so it's left over in our, um, in our sort of deep mind there, our lizard brain, I guess they call it. Um, but that's just an example of filtering, you know, 10 things that happen good, one bad thing happens and all you do is dwell on the bad. Um, catastrophizing is another. Uh, and this is when one thing goes wrong, it seems that everything else goes wrong. Um, I know a few people like that. One thing goes wrong and suddenly the whole world is falling apart. Um, personalizing is another filter. And this one's about making external events a reflection of you, even if they actually aren't. Um, polarizing is another one. So events or traits are seen as either 100% good or 100% bad. There is no in-between. Rehashing, there's a couple more here. So rehashing is thinking about the past in a negative, unproductive, and circular manner. So you just keep replaying, um, you know, some negative event over and over, and you know how that then makes you spiral in the present. Rehearsing is the other one, uh, thinking about the future, but in in a circular, unproductive fashion as well. So again, thinking about the bad things that could potentially happen in the future that then keeps you stuck in the present. Uh, and then the last one on there is uh, blaming. So this happens when we feel responsible for someone else's feelings of pain. Um, and the exercise is to go through those and, and think about which type that you use most often. Um, and then again, you can begin to um, unpick that and then restructure, redirect it, or just drop that particular filter um, altogether. It's any one of those jump out at you as your sort of default filter that you find yourself in from time to time? Uh, well, there's a, a few that rang, quite a few bells. Um, but first of all, the very first one, when you were saying about that filtering, the 10 good things and, and the one bad thing, do you remember the, I think it was an advert, I can't remember what the advert was for, but it was Maureen Littman playing the Jewish grandmother and her son, her grandson rather, had got his, uh, I think it was O-level results. So, so actually this was quite some time ago. And, you know, this boy had he'd managed to get something like uh, nine A's and one B mm. in his O levels. And, and that was when A was, you know, an A, that was it. You couldn't get any more. And Maureen Lippman turns and she goes, so what was the B in? You know, and it's kind of a, that's, and that's actually a very typical cultural Jewish kind of thing, you know, where you're like, well, what was the being? So that uh, that made me laugh. Um, <laughs> and I think I've probably just trashed actually Maureen Lippmann and an advert, which was to do with ology rather than a no level anyway, never mind. Um, in terms of, of me personally, well, again, when I'm stressed and kind of run down, worn out, then I tend to polarise everything's 100% good or 100% bad. Um, and I do see this in my one of my teenage sons as well. Uh, but and I know a few people who do 
that well actually who do who do the lot you can think of all of it you know people who personalize things and you kind of it's almost like you sit there and you you watch and listen as they unfold this story and you kind of can't quite believe how they've managed to get from this thing that's happened to how they make it about themselves and it kind of makes me sort of sit in wonder well, here's it, and that's, I think that's fascinating in and of itself. Is a lot of times we can recognize in others. Oh, it's easier in um, others, isn't yeah, it? But we don't hear our own stories, you know. Right. <laughs> it's, well, yeah, it's quite fascinating. Um, and part of that is the brain's sort of self preservation, I guess, as well. Mm. Um, and that, yeah. So, yeah, there's a couple of different dynamics that are underplaying. I was really fascinated, and, and I really. Um, you know, I dig the whole concept of the sort of neuroscience, um, almost considering perhaps studying it even from an independent scholar point of view. Um, yeah, and but yes, I think it's it. Um, there's a lot of when you, I guess, when you consciously get involved in it, and you can do different strategies to one get yourself in the right space right mode um you can get yourself to a place where you're more um and you know you're more empowered you're at your best self you, you, know, you can bring your whole self to any particular situation and but part of that is um the awareness of catching yourself when you go <laughs> into a story um and being able to step out of the story and change the story redirect it um, and we talk about this in, in OP with anchors and things like that, which I think those are quite useful for um, and an anchor for those who maybe not into the neurolinguistic program in NLP um, is an associated thought or feeling or emotion um, with a, you know, with a sight or sound or a smell or uh, a touch. Um, so if you think, you know, if you smell, I don't know, sunflowers, they might conjure up memories of some idyllic summer day that you've spent, um, I don't know, five years ago or something, but you'll feel that, that sense, uh, in the present, uh, moment is an anchor. And I always thought anchors were pretty cool. Like I have a few um auditory ones like i play the soundtrack to the last of the mohicans when i need extra like energy and drive and focus like you know i gotta take this thing down um then i play that soundtrack uh, well in fact i say auditory i play the soundtrack and i play this i play the scene in the opening of that movie when they're running um at chasing after that deer um it just fills me with loads of energy. Um, so that's that's an anchor um, that I have that can quickly change my state uh, at any moment. But yeah. Music's a really good one for that, actually, isn't it? So if I pick up anything from Greece, um, for example, and you know, I play, well, any one of the songs from Greece, actually, and I can instantly change and I am absolutely transported kind of into a different place. Um, there's a, so many things that you've said there. 
you were talking about, so talking about different strategies to get ourselves kind of into the right place, sort of the right time, the right mindset, um, and to, to bring the best version of ourselves to us in that moment. You've just mentioned music as one or particular uh, songs. What other things can we do that that will, I mean, what other strategies are there for helping yeah. us get back there uh, or, or get to there? If we're still on the anchor aspect, there's, you know, there's, a, as you say, the song, there's a touch or, or even just an item like, you know, if you have a particular um, necklace or charm that you have, uh, a ring can do the trick. Um, sometimes people act as anchors as well, both in a positive and a negative way. You know, mm. if you can think, oh, I'm going to see that person, then sometimes you go, oh, you get knots in your stomach. Knowing you got to spend time with that person, um, or someone that has the opposite. Oh, yeah, I'm going to go see that person. You're all happy and you haven't actually seen them yet, but you get really excited that you're going to see them. So, um, there's, you know, there's, you know, those, those kind of various different anchors that you can apply um, as well. And I think from a, a, a larger, so that's almost a tactic, um, mm. a larger strategy is this idea of, um, you know, spend a week or something paying attention to the stories that you tell yourself, you know, quite often. And you'll know the stories um, and, you know, write them down or journal them um, so that you can then watch them back as a as a moviegoer. Um, you know, with the popcorn and all that and just, you know, play the movie out inside your head. Uh, and then, you know, yeah, and then, you know, what is that story? What do you get from the story? Um, how does it trigger you? Those sorts of things. And then, because we're all authors of our own story, you can then edit the script and change it to empower you versus to disempower you um, from that way. But the first step in that whole gig is awareness. Um, and and it's funny. It's like, okay, well, awareness. How do I know the stories? It's when you start saying stuff with such certainty, I think, is a clear indication <laughs> that you stumbled upon a narrative that you've told so many times that you 100% believe it uh, to be true. You know, it's interesting, actually, and quite often you'll refer to where I was using um, to take back control when I was trying to explain to people what working with me would do for them, you know, I would help them take back control of their life. And I actually stopped using that. I can't remember exactly how it's long a shame ago. You did, but yeah. Well, you say that, but do you know, so do you know the reason why I did? No. Because it was so intricately tied to the story of me losing my identity by becoming the mother of a baby who was born extremely prematurely at six months. And then the journey I've had to go on, I've had to go on, interesting, that popped out, but the journey I had to go on with him. Um, and it was less obviously about him and less about our relationship and more about the fact that my relationship with myself, I would say dissolved, um, I would have to probably have to think about that because I'm not entirely sure that I had a conscious relationship with myself before that. but. That was why I I decided to stop playing that story. So I felt I'd helped many, many people by 
being at that phase in my life and taking all of my learnings and helping those. And of course, when I'm working with people now, you know, quite often without people even knowing it, it's really interesting. I've had three conversations this week where people have disclosed because that's how it comes across. Oh, actually, I'm, I'm the parent of a child with special needs. And they had no idea that I was, but clearly there was something in there. And when I say, I get that, you know, I'm one too, da, 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 there's obviously a link and an understanding and, and I can work with them in a way that people who, who frankly haven't had my experience just can't do. Um, but I, that's why I stopped using that when I was telling people about what I did because it was keeping me stuck. It was actually stopping me from growing. It was so stopping me from changing. So the story behind Take Back Control was the thing that was keeping mm. you stuck. It was just the phrase Absolutely. that I was because like, I have no story behind it. So the phrase, because it's, exactly. it's very, um, it's exactly what, like in this instance, it's this is about taking back control of your your mind because the mind will just run rampant. I mean, it's a beautiful tool, the mind is. And this is the thing that fascinates me. It's an absolutely wonderful tool. Um, but a lot of times we just let it run wild. <laughs> we we don't we don't control it and influence it and understand yeah, we just let it run on autopilot basically. Um and then wonder why we don't achieve the things that we want to achieve um, in our lives, the balance that we want to have, the less stress, all those things that people strive for. Um, nine times out of ten, it's because we just let our minds run amok. Um, and part of this journey is, you know, consciously, well, regaining <laughs> reining that brain in and saying oh actually you know what um i know this is going to happen like some stuff just happens because it's just evolutionarily built into us and that's the thing we got to be aware of as well because the brain's trying to protect us and um, it's trying to prevent you from going to that watering hole where your friend got ate by a lion um so it's trying to do its job um in a lot of cases it's doing its job in an antiquated way, because you know, there's not many lions waiting in the, in the water holes for you. Um, so you know, adjusting to the times, <laughs> uh, yeah. So, yeah, 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 interesting. Yeah. I think so. Um, so I think the fascinating thing for me, and I'll play a song here in a minute, and and some stuff I was doing uh, this week as well um, is, I guess, the, the the stories, not only that we tell ourselves, that we tell each other and how you influence people through these various different stories or recognizing the stories that they're telling themselves and helping them to redirect that story so you can get a positive outcome in any kind of interaction um you know that they're that you're in so i'm i'm in the midst of doing a you know the sort of communications plan leading up to um you know next monday when this conference is so you know we talk about creating uh the delegate experience and the delegate experience doesn't start when they walk in the door and take a seat the delicate experience starts you know the moment that they know they're going to be going to a conference and then you know how you start to influence that the narrative 
but also, you know, thinking through all the different stories that people might be telling themselves about coming to this kind of conference. You know, what are the stories that'll be out there? Um, and then how, you know, to redirect some of those stories again. But um, TM Juke. Juke. All right, cool. So, um, question that I had uh, for you um, is about thoughts uh, and how closely people associate or identify with their thoughts. That's better. Um, and do you think that we are our thoughts or not? Because, you know, there's this that we're not our thoughts or some school of thinking there. Where are you at on the whole thoughts and identity and are we our thoughts or not our thoughts so i think that depends on how much in control of your thoughts you are or how much in control of your actions as a result of your thoughts you are does that make sense sort of so you are your thoughts if you think and do them and be them and if you're if you have the ability to almost watch your thoughts go by like clouds in the sky and realize that you don't have to act in accordance with what your thoughts are then you're not your thoughts okay so you've you said two 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 different things there <laughs> i know now, so, i told you so why well, the last thing you said <laughs> the, so the last sentence is exactly I think the point that well, a number of different schools of thought are is that we aren't our thoughts, whether positive or negative. Um, and partly meditation is being able to disassociate yourself from all those thoughts and let the thoughts kind of go by and realize that you're not, you aren't them. Yes, I can participate in them. Um, yes, I can go down this particular line, but actually um, I am not that thoughts that's not who i am and i think there's 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 a power in that once you understand that concept because it opens up a whole avenue of play for you in terms of um you know i can assume whatever character that i want to do and not get lost because i know that i'm not those thoughts or um i can step out of being uh angry at something particularly or you know because you know, again it's not if i can disassociate if i remember that i'm not my thoughts you have a lot more latitude in terms of what you can do and what you're capable of mm. and, um, and those sorts of things and that you can change uh, in an instance if you want to yes now i had actually i've got a few quotes that i'd written down which i wanted to share um when when it was appropriate in tonight's episode um and i'm not sure actually that they're particularly but i'm so keen i'm going to put them in and you can tell me if it fits with this or not so essentially there's um well positive thinking will let you do everything better than negative thinking will and that's by Zig Ziglar. And Zig. My exactly. Man. Exactly. Thinking, thinking. He's another ancient dude. <laughs> um, and that is the, you know, so, so, so. No, I don't believe you are your thoughts unless you believe you're your thoughts and you don't realize that you can take a, a, 
a, a pause between your thoughts and your actions. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. No, I, no, I'm, I get it. Yeah. Um, yeah, I like old Zig. He's if you're into sales, Zig is, is your man. He's uh, he was like the OG sales motivational sales trainer dude. Oh, Zig. I'm not even sure where I got the the quote from because oh, I've, I've not read, read all his books back it, in the days. Yeah. See, whereas <laughs> I haven't, but I've been yeah. reading a lot of other books, and I think one of them referenced that. It, or, yeah. You know, came that quote, and I went, "Oh, yes, 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 yes." That's a goodie. I'm going to share that one. Yeah, he was full. Of, I don't know if you ever watched any of his or listened to any of the audio tapes that would have been in those days. But yeah, he's a he's a man. If you're into sales, that's your boy. <laughs> See, and, and that's part of my issue. I am not into sales. So that's why I'm doing the podcast for free. Um yeah, <laughs> motivational speaker type, but yes. Um and uh, all sales managers force feed you Zig Ziglar, Norman Vincent Peel, <laughs> Dale Carnegie. Uh, all the ones I mentioned, any good sales manager force feeds you all those things mm. uh, because it is about the mindset. Um, and you know, again, I'm no good at that story that you've just said. That's a perfect example of a story. I'm not into sales. I'm no good at mm. sales. That's a good point. Yeah, which yeah. is a huge. Uh, uh, I didn't say I was no good at sales. I just said I'm just not into it. I'm not into it. But in, you said it in a way as in. You know, that's why I don't do it. <laughs> and that's why I do the podcast for free um, type thing. So in a negative connotation you had to that. But this is why I think they feed these types of books to us because those are stories that you tell yourself in your head um, and all the things that you associate with sales and you take those on and I don't want to be them. And so then you'd be, you're reluctant to engage in this particular activity, even though when you think about sales that we sell every single day, um, whether it's what do you want to eat for dinner tonight or whether let's go watch this movie, everybody's constantly selling. And in fact, you've been selling before you could speak. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So yeah, so that's why they feed us these things to read because it helps you to regain control of your sort of mindset and set things in the way that you need it so you can do the things that you need to do. Um, so, yeah, anyway. Um, um, yeah, go ahead. Well, so one of the things that I'd also been thinking about when we were preparing or when I was preparing for tonight was I was thinking about mantras and affirmations. So, you know, we're talking about thoughts. So thoughts are... I suppose they kind of start off almost as abstract things until we become conscious of them. And then from there, I kind of went down the, okay, so what a, what's a mantra and what's an affirmation? And I struggle a bit with affirmations because, you know, if you're, so an affirmation would be something that you're saying that's not yet true, but you want it to be true. Um, and for me, that that's, that doesn't work. Um, and it's, I suppose I would question the ethics of it depending on what it was about. Um, I was going to say neuroscience and when looking into it, you know, would say you're right as in, because you're telling your brain something that isn't true, then there's a, there's almost a rejection of the, 
statement in a sense. Um, Okay. So that makes sense. So what I'd written down in my thoughts and my notes was, you know, kind of if, if nothing is yet true and you have a value about honesty, then you will you're always going to struggle with making, you know, an affirmation because it's not yet true. Um, and then I put your subconscious rebels and can kind can cause all kinds of consequences. Yeah. So that's well, affirmations. You can, you can do affirmations, but you just have to write them in the right way. So you, absolutely, yeah, they have to, you know, they have to have a grounding in the reality of your truth. I guess absolutely, and that's yeah. a perfect way of putting it. That grounding of reality and your truth and actually that's really where I got to when I was looking at mantras and I was thinking well actually if you're creating I'm sorry I've just said actually about 17 times um but essentially if you have a mantra so we talk a lot about time so if I say to myself I have enough time to do everything that I want to do there is actually more than a grain of truth in that uh even when I feel completely stretched because I've actually overloaded myself and I can't do things as, you know, to the quality maybe that I want to do or or to the depth. But if you find the grain of truth in a mantra and you focus on that, that helps keep you centred and helps you ground, which then makes the progress, which then kind of keeps you motivated and keeps the thing kind of evolving and becoming. Right, because I have a different concept of mantra. So mantra is, has more of a uh, a spiritual sort of connotation and it's more of a, a sound or symbol or um, a group of words that are together. And But unpacked, they mean something else. But they... Um, yeah, I guess it depends on where you're coming from on mantras, because I guess there are, if you're doing your motivational chant, you know, I think I can, I think I can, that kind of thing um, could be construed as a mantra okay. as well. You, the NLP is going, think, think, think. You've got to get rid of the think, sorry. Um, I think I can, I think I can, mm-hmm. as a that, mantra. Whereas... Some people have that as a mantra, I think. Oh, I can, I think whoa, that's the man, it, like that's a non-entity because I'm not oh, I can't even get my words out because I'm kind of like my head's just gone. Bruh. Because if you think you can, then that's about your thinking. It's like if you if you say, you know, um, I'm trying to, then all you get is the trying. No, so I, it's I, about putting I it into the linguistically, present. yeah. I'm just that's Sorry. an example of a of a of a of a motivating chant that some people do use um wow. so again, okay so we can yeah. improve on that one <laughs> yeah i mean i wouldn't use it personally i'm just saying you know mantras yeah. are generally you know sacred utterances so so a mantra mantra is generally more around the spiritual sort of sacred utterances and, you know particular sounds um that are grounded in some spiritual or magical power basically um then you you know, then you've got some people who use this sort of motivational um, mantras, like, you know, that think I can comes from, you know, the nursery rhyme, a little red caboose, isn't it? I think I can, I think I can, I think I can. Um, so, you know, that's where that comes from, that story. <laughs> um, but there's others. I don't know if you guys had that story in the in the UK. but It's called something caboose, different, but now you've given me the rhythm. Yeah. I vaguely yeah. remember it, but not well enough. So if anybody yeah. listening um, knows, please let us know, please. 
Yeah. Um, so yeah. So mantras. Um, what was your other one? You said it was mantra. so affirmations. Affirmations, and yes, that was yeah. when it's the you yeah. know kind of it's it's about having an affirmation. I suppose really it's okay. It's about having something that's grounded in the truth, regardless of whatever you want to call it, um, so that you can build on the truth and take yourself forward. And actually, going back to when you were talking about anchoring. So again, anchoring is moving you from kind of point one to point two, but you've got to start at point one. You can't just jump to point two because Mm. it's not grounded in anything. So it's about understanding that the link, the steps along the way. Um, And I guess, yeah, whether it's an affirmation, whether it's a mantra, there's probably a whole other host of words. I just can't bring them to mind right now. I like both of them and they they serve different, Mm. different they serve different purposes, a mantra and a, and the um, affirmations, but, you know, they're hitting at different modalities, I think, um, in terms of, you know, kind of how, how they're used. Um, if I was thinking about how I organize my own sort of, sort of mindset, um, so I don't tend to have, well, I don't think I'd, I'm trying to think, when do I do sort of negative thinking? Um, well, if you do, you hide it incredibly well. Because well. I'm trying to think when I do, I think mainly my first default thing is, I guess because I, I have a belief that it's a waste of time, then I don't really spend any time doing it. Whether that's a false belief or not, but that is my belief that it's a waste of time. So my tendency is always to jump to... Um, the positive or look for some other way or there's a there's some other way to skin you know to climb I was going to say skin the cat but some people might be offended by it these days especially since I have cats um, there's another way up the mountain is kind of how my mindset is um, in it so it doesn't tend to be it's because of that belief of thinking that that's a waste of time so I don't Do you know I, in it. I sorry I didn't mean to mm. cut you off then but oh, I, yeah. I really like that because Again, if I'm falling down the the pit of negative thinking, um, <clears throat> then actually, because you're right, because I believe, oh, I'm sorry, you've just given me one of those, you know, moments where the light bulb really goes on, because I also believe that negative thinking is a complete waste of time. Um, and I kind of hadn't realised that actually, or maybe I'd just forgotten that, but if I fall down the pit of negative thinking for whatever reason, then of course I'm fighting with myself even more because I'm doing something that's totally against my beliefs as well as wasting time. Um, oh, oh, okay. Yeah, but and and sometimes it's self awareness as well. I think yep. you know how self aware you know you are. So you know, do you recognize? Do you recognize the when you get into the edge of falling into the pit or you don't recognize it until you're in the pit? You know, so some of it is about understanding the triggers mm-hmm. so that you don't end up in the pit to begin with. Um, and again, that's a self-awareness part of the gig is recognizing the signs and the symbols and the, the minefields and think, all right, if I keep going down that track, then I'm going to be in the pit. Then when I'm in the pit... Um, then it's harder to get back out of the pit. So yeah, that helps the self-aware piece of of noticing that. And um, that takes us right back to the beginning when I was saying about I need enough time, and I'm not the only person, but actually it's about that 
art of stopping. So taking those pit stops. But, so would the you day. say that would be a story too that you need? I need. No, I wouldn't. Time. I wouldn't but because I know I where my say. brain is. Yeah, I know you would. Yeah. But I know that my brain cannot function. You know this as a sportsman. You can't constantly go. You have to have rest and recovery, and rest and recovery will give you growth to the same extent that actually going out there and taking the action will. But you can't always just take action. You have to have rest and recovery. Yeah, I guess how you're using it is like you've got a it's a something that's a break from your normal routine. Is how you put that across versus every night I go to sleep is when I have my rest and recovery um, and then I'm ready to go the next day. But yours sounds like it's something different from sleeping. I don't know. But then I'm saying... It is. You know, right, exactly. So Now, maybe you... that's because I don't have enough quality sleep or quantity yeah. of sleep to do that. And then, and I'm only saying, and we don't have to go much further into it, is mm-hmm. so if, if it was me, then I would be challenging my own thinking if I held that thought because I would be looking for another way where I didn't need that. Because once I create a dependency on something, then I have to create these conditions and get into those conditions. It was something that I picked up and learned from writing when I was getting into the whole writing. And and I, and I always remember this, is, is, um, and it was the greatest piece of write, writing advice I ever received, I think, where, you know, some, you know, it, the basic was don't create rituals. You know, learn to write standing in line in the grocery store with screaming kids around you on the back of a napkin. And so don't create rituals around the thing because you want to use all the time that you can use to do your thing. Because the moment you start to create rituals, then you can't get to that space until those rituals have played themselves out. So that would be, if it was me, I would be challenging the need for that ritual versus to say, um, you know, I've got five minutes, do what I need to do in my five minutes that rejuvenates me is how I would be looking at at life. <laughs> um, yeah, that that's all. I mean, that's, that's just my personal thing is I like to challenge my own thinking on anything that I find that... That's limiting where, you, basically. Yeah, where, yeah, so where, I get where, that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I yeah. definitely get that. And... and uh, I hear what you're saying. I agree with it to an extent. I'm not I, saying change it. I'm just saying no. <laughs> I would challenge it personally. I, I mean, it would, I, my I think character just, would be I would challenge it. I know where I am at the moment and I mm. know what I need at the moment. Yeah. Yeah, that's it. I mean, but it's, yeah, so. Um, and it, again, it's just, but that was, that's an example of the, yeah. For me, that's a perfect example of a story. Um, it's a perfect of a sample of a story that could be rewritten, and um, but I think what happens, and this is and this is the crux of our, and we'll go to a song here in a minute. That's the crux of this this discussion. I think is that some of these stories are so ingrained that we believe them, and we believe them to be a hundred percent true. Um, but when we go back to your that conversation we were having about we are not our thoughts. When you really grasp that concept, then you realize that you can change any habit. You could change any um, anything that you're grounded in. Any you could any beliefs. You could change anything in an instant. When you really grasp the concept 
that we are not our thoughts. It, you know, when I talk about limitless, you become limitless when you really, when you really grasp the meaning and the power behind that statement. And go ahead. And for what it's worth, again, I, I do agree with that. Like I was saying before, we go from one point to another. Mm. I am really pleased with myself for actually giving myself what I need, which is space, which is rest, which is peace, which is whatever. And actually, for many, many people, it's actually giving themselves something that's so important because for those of us who are constant givers, we deplete ourselves instead of repleting. And therefore, at this moment, for me to recognize that is really enriching and, in fact, is empowering. I also recognize I haven't got to where I'm going, as it were, but at this point, that's really important. And I think for a lot of people that that listen to the podcast, I think it's really important for them to be aware of that. And we have to go at our own pace and we have to understand what supports us at the different times. And I would say I would 100% disagree with that. <laughs> that's and okay. that's why we work diet differently. <laughs> that's why we work sort of differently. I, I find that that's such, a, that's such a long way around to get into where you want to go. But, um, you know, so for those of you who want to go instantaneously, you come to Clay. For those of you who want to take the long way, uh, Naomi, if you want to take the supportive, nurturing, no, empowering way, way. <laughs> if you want to fall off the cliff, yeah. see, this is the difference. Mm. So actually, you know what, you, you've hit on something here. You're absolutely right. Because I, you know, we could do this your way, but if somebody is in a raw state where they have nothing, sort of n- nothing left underneath in a Oh, my words aren't coming, but essentially it's about being safe. And some people, that's exactly what they need. They need that big boot of yours up their backside, bang, off the cliff. And there are times when, as we know, that's absolutely what I've needed. So I don't use a boot. I think that's your your, your misunderstanding. I'm not a drill sergeant type of guy, but I'm also, in fact, if you into NLP and band, I mean, that was their whole point. That was their whole point against therapy in terms of the reason they invented NLP was that you don't have to go that long route. Um, and you could change in an instant. When or you even understand, quicker than that. Or even quicker than that when you understand the mechanism. So their whole point about being having to go to therapy and having to go through that long so the process was yeah. partly the development of that. But, you know, and that's just, again, that's just a school of thought. Um, and I'm coming from an experience of, um, again, just recognizing, and, and, and it may be my need for my thing with, um, I don't know, I don't know how to describe it, just an understanding that, I don't know. It's hard. To, it's hard to describe, <laughs> but it's the mind is a, such a powerful tool, and you can use it how you want to use it. If you want to use it in a fast way, you can. If you want to use it in a slow way, you can. Um, if you want to, and you know, and, I'm, and my language is probably provocative. If you want to play around with all that stuff, because 
it helps you to stay in the problem longer and feel comfortable and blah, 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 then that's a way to go. Um, in fact, you know, a lot of times if I find someone who's so grounded in that space, I can, you can tell that they're not going to, they're not ready to change. Absolutely. Absolutely. And there's, you know, they want to stay stuck in the story. And, and for me, it's like, if you want to change, I'm happy to help, but it doesn't feel like you're ready to. And it's not, and for me, it's nothing wrong with that. If for whatever reason, you know, you still need to hang around in, in that space and, you know, it's providing you some utility. But when you get to that, as Tony Robbins would say, when you get to that point where the the pain of staying the same is greater than wanting to, when you you get to that point where the pain is just too much and you're ready to move, um, you're not going to move. You're just going to hang in that space until that point. But once you get to that point, things go by fast. And that's, that's, that's when I know, you know, from a, I mean, you can see it. I don't know. I mean, I can see it anyway, where where someone's just going to be hanging out <laughs> in the space. Um, well, I think we both can because that's what yeah. we do professionally. And yeah. actually, I, I, I would like to just, uh, I'm, I'm laughing because I'm not sure if I'm justifying or challenging and I'm probably doing a bit of both. But just to be clear, um, it I don't do the long haul. It's not therapy, um, but it is we have a, a different approach and a, yeah, a different understanding yeah. that we bring. We, we, we definitely do. Um, and let's play one last, well, let's play this tune, come back, say our goodbyes. You know what we didn't do? And we did it last week, but we failed to do it this week. And I'll do this before we go away. And that is to plug the fact that we have our newsletter um, where this podcast is distributed. And the newsletter is always a, one of those unfortunate names it's an email this comes out we distribute this via um email comes out every wednesday um subscribe and it gets delivered straight to your inbox it's the best way to interact with the podcast one because you get it and you get all the various different forms the music form you know this full version that you're listening to if you made it this far um you get the non-music version you get the playlist you get a bunch of other stuff that comes along with that um, that newsletter and getting in, in in that way. So encourage you to do that. Um, encourage you to connect with us on Twitter if you want to have conversations in between episodes or you want to comment about, you know, this particular episode um, or any episode. The easiest way to speak to us is through um, our Twitter at DigitalCom. Um, or if you have this the newsletter you can hit reply on that and you know we'll get your messages that way as well and we do have an email but we haven't given that one out yet so maybe uh maybe i'll put that start putting that on the newsletter as well so the proper proper email not the newsletter email if you wanted to communicate with us in that way um i don't yeah the minnows are the main places uh if you want to get a hold of us but the thing is sign up um and if you already are signed up to the newsletter, pass it on to uh, someone else that you think that would benefit from listening to this. Um, okay, so final thoughts. Well, never, never, thoughts are never final, but our, our concluding thoughts on self talk. And you know, we kind of got sidetracked there a little bit <laughs> prior to that last song. 
we went on a tangent. Um, so um, rounding out your thoughts on self-talk. Go. Mm, so my thoughts around self-talk are that to really empower ourselves, we can help ourselves by taking that step back, by becoming aware of what our thoughts are and how we're acting or reacting to them. And then making conscious decisions about what we think and how we act as a result. Awesome. No, I like that. So absolutely. So paying attention to the 70,000 thoughts that are flowing through your head on any given day. Maybe not all of them, because that's the kind of thing I do. And that's not a healthy thing. (laughs) Yeah, filtering, starting to filter some of those out, but then notice the ones that, um, you know, that are not are doing you a disservice by holding you back or limiting you in some um, way, shape or form. And know that it is in your gift to uh, re-script that uh that self-talk um i think is important you know use this in the opening about the narrative because it's it's not you know it's a, it is the story so we have some complete narratives or complete stories that we tell ourselves um over and over to the point that we believe them um regardless of whether they're grounded in reality so i think it's important to recognize those stories and then the beauty in this whole thing um, and if you're into this, you know, get some more into the sort of the science behind it and neuroscience is that you can absolutely rewrite that entire story um, and then start to tell yourself a different story and give that story strength. And then you can benefit from the new story that you scripted. Um, so I think that's a huge, um, that would be a huge takeaway for me um, that I, if you didn't want to pay attention to anything else in this podcast is that listen to those stories, write them down and then rewrite them um, and tell that story over and over till it becomes uh, ingrained in you and, and instills a new habit that you want to have um, is what I would say. Uh, great topic. Um, neuroplas- neuroplasticity self-talk self-narratives all of it is great stuff and for me it's the whole sort of key to um being a being an empowered being <laughs> this self-mastery of mind uh it, yeah there's no other way this is this is the key this is the the way to go if you want to if you're into this kind of thing it's the way to go all right um i so think just- that's it I say, well, just before we sign off, so if people do want to sign up to our newsletter, it is if they go to www.getreview, which is R-E-V-U-E dot C-O forward slash profile forward slash digital calm. So that's www.getreview.co forward slash profile forward slash digital calm and as clay says that will sign up for a weekly email but honestly it makes it so simple you get all the links for the different ways in which you can uh, listen to the podcast and, and engage with us in the way that works for you whether it's words and music whether it's words whether it's just the music come and play with us yeah join in a conversation as well i think it'd be great that'd be lovely